Hello, and welcome to the Chest Journal Podcast, where each month we host a discussion with the authors of important articles from the current issue of the journal, adding context and commentary to the challenges facing clinicians in the fields of pulmonary, critical care, and sleep medicine. To introduce today's topic, here's your host, Dr. Alice Gallaudet-Marais. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Chess Journal Podcast. I am Alice Gallo, one of the social media editors for the journal, and I'm joined today by Dr. Prakash Mishra from New Delhi. We're going to be talking about his uh, paper that will come out on the journal this month about nebulized versus IV TXA for hemoptysis. This was a pilot randomized control trial. Welcome, Dr. Mishra. So thanks a lot, Dr. Ellis, and a very good evening. Uh, first of all, I would like to thank I, I would like to thank the Chess Journal team for giving me this opportunity and selecting my article for a podcast recording. So to introduce myself, I am Dr. Prakash Mishra. And I'm working as an assistant professor in the Department of Emergency Medicine at the prestigious All India Institute of Medical Sciences, New Delhi, India. So thank you so much for joining us. I am very excited to talk to you about this this paper and this topic that's very um, important to the to the readers of the journal and the listeners of the podcast. My first question for you, and to put a, uh, uh, your paper into context, I was hoping you could share with our listeners what a regular day at your um, job and All India um, Institute for the Sciences looks like, and what do you do, and what kind of patients you see. So, Ellis. Uh, the emergency department of All India Institute of Medical Sciences, uh, it's a very high volume emergency. So basically, if you talk about the emergency, it has two subdivisions. Uh, division to manage non-traumatic emergencies, where around five, 400 to 500 patients visit per day. And a division to manage traumatic emergencies, where around we have around 120 to 150 patient visits per day. So as I told you, I'm working as a faculty here and we work in shift duties where we are supported by a team of senior and junior residents for resuscitation and patient management. So the patients are managed by ED residents round the clock until the patient is disposed from the ED. Usually the disposition time is somewhere around uh, 30 to 36 hours from the emergency department. And uh, a regular day-to-day shift is usually of six to seven hours for me. And I would say it's usually a hectic one because we have to participate in resuscitation, patient management, critical decisions, and even administration of ED. Apart from that, we have regular undergraduate and postgraduate teaching programs where I am a faculty, and I'm also involved in several research projects of the department, broadly sepsis, triage, and point-of-care ultrasound. 
apart from all this i am also looking after administrative aspects of the department so this is usually uh, my profile here at the all india institute of medical sciences and a brief uh, introduction to the emergency department here that's amazing so 36 hours patients stay in the in the emergency department before they go they go to an icu or to a floor huh so yes because we have a very high volume emergency yeah and usually uh, the bed availability is limited for patients from emergency department so sometimes for stable patients the disposition can be this long but uh, for few patients where we need to shift them to say for example cath lab or a stroke unit usually the disposition times are faster and we try to follow the recommended international timelines that's amazing but that's a good segue for us to talk about your your study because you also looked into very specific um time stamps on how txa works so so tell me a little bit about the background of your study and share with me and our listeners if there was any particular or some clinical situations that you faced that made you and your team think about doing this study so <clears throat> elis this is a very good question from your uh, from your side how we uh, how we came to develop how we planned this study what was there what was the need for this study so basically as you know we are a developing country and still we have a huge burden of patients suffering from tuberculosis despite best efforts by the government towards early detection of the disease cost free anti tubercular drugs and designated tb hospitals in our country still the burden of tuberculosis is very high even at our hospital which is a tertiary and you can say an apex center of north india we are encountering a large number of patients suffering from tuberculosis and the chief presenting complaint in most of these patient is cough with hemoptysis so we see hemoptysis patients quite commonly almost 10 per week and a lot of them are ending up needing some interventional procedures which is adding to the burden of the resources of our emergency and that usually affects the patient disposition time from the emergency so i'll share you a, i'll share with you a short story so one day when during my morning shift when i was on clinical rounds with dr bharat ji so dr bharat who was then a resident working under me and who is also a co-author with me in the manuscript yeah so we encountered a patient suffering from tuberculosis and his chief presenting complaint was hemoptysis and despite compliance with anti tubercular therapy he was having frequent episodes of mild hemoptysis for which he had to visit ed for management and which also included intravenous tranexamic acid injections this time the response to iv tranexamic acid was not satisfactory so this prompted us to think of some other route by which we could give this medication to achieve cessation of hemoptysis so as you are aware tranexamic acid has been in use locally for bleeding control during orthopedic procedures bleeding wounds dental procedures and nose bleeds but in this patient this time 
whatever be the reason this was not so effective as we were expecting so this clinical situation prompted us to have a re- review of literature and where we came across nebulized tranexamic acid we also came across the study published in chest by wand et al regarding nebulized tranexamic acid versus placebo that when we wondered if this could actually work as a local mechanism because till that time we were not using tranexamic acid in any other form except iv so we decided to move ahead and we also wrote a correspondence on tranexamic acid which i think was published somewhere in june 2019 in chest we then decided to try nebulized tranexamic acid because we had no other options so and to a surprise it stopped bleeding in the first few patients on whom we tried some of them were already on oral tranexamic acid but they had no response then we realized that this could be new way to treat patients and this novel method could help patients with their distressing symptom and following this we took a step further design and finally we conducted this study so this was the story behind this trial where the patient uh, uh, where we encountered a patient during rounds and he prompted us to help him out where oral medications or sometimes iv medications were not working so this is how we came across this study i love this story thank you so much for sharing and it's beautiful to to see and to illustrate for our listeners that it all goes back to our patients right and and with research and science we can help even more patients i'm um thank you so much for sharing the story i i love it and um tell us tell us a little bit about the methods of your study tell me tell me why you chose the time stamps that you chose the time points and for for to evaluate cessation of bleeding and tell me how you designed um the the trial so thanks alice for your compliments definitely uh, in this era where we are able to access resources all over the world we are helping our patients to deal with some of the very notorious problems and definitely it's helping the mankind so coming to the methodology of our study so uh, since i am an emergency physician this was an emergency department based pilot study so the design was a pragmatic open label randomized parallel and this was a single center study conducted at our center only so as i told you that trial compared the use of nebulized ta versus iv ta among patients presenting with hemoptysis to rd so before enrolling the patients and since this was something novel which we are going to do so we registered our study under clinical trials registry of india prior to commencement and the trial was approved by our institute ethics committee before we began patient recruitment so as per the standard protocols written informed consent was obtained from the patient or the legally accepted representative depending on the patient's condition if we talk of the first recruitment it started somewhere in july 
and the last patient we recruited was in december 2021 so you must be wondering why the study stretched so much so as you are aware alice so we had a covid-19 pandemic pandemic yeah <laughs> and yes and during that time there were various restrictions on the use of nebulizers yep and since the method of drug delivery in our trial was nebulized so we had to interrupt the study multiple times during that period so the study got stretched uh, a bit so the patient population were basically all adults who are greater than or equal to 18 years of age and who presented to ed with reports of active hemoptysis so we enrolled all patients from emergency department only no patient was enrolled from any specialty clinic or following admission under any super specialty we define active hemoptysis as blood in sputum in the last 30 minutes of the patient presenting to our ed so all patients with active hemoptysis irrespective of the amount were included in our study but patients who had massive or life threatening hemoptysis on presentation to the emergency department or who were hemodynamically unstable requiring mechanical ventilation or an immediate interventional procedures so those patients were excluded from the study again patients with some known hypersensitivity to tranexamic acid or on prior treatment with tranexamic acid they were also excluded because we wanted to uh include naif patients in the study so we defined massive life threatening hemoptysis as uh hemoptysis resulting in a life threatening event significant airway obstruction significant abnormal gas exchange hemodynamic instability or a high bleeding rate because we didn't want to include these patients whom we considered were relatively sick and so we didn't wanted to try a novel route on these patients so mostly these patients were excluded from the study yeah that makes sense so uh, after eligibility screening we assigned patients randomly to the nebulization arm or to the iv arm so as you are aware blinding was not possible with the route of drug administration in this study and the patients and the clinicians were aware of the trial group however we were able to blind the statisticians from the trial group assignments so coming to the drug delivery per se so patients who had active hemoptysis were administered 500 mg of ta on arrival and thrice daily in the nebulization arm so the question arose ki why uh, you gave this dose and and why at this frequency so the dose and frequency of ta were based on an rct by uh, uh, i think wand et al that studied the effect of nebulized ta versus placebo so patients who are assigned to the iv arm on the other hand receive 500 mg of iv ta on arrival and thrice daily so the uh, doses and the uh, frequency were almost same in both the groups and we administered uh, tranexamic acid for almost 72 hours of ed presentation or until the patient was discharged or underwent a definite intervention 
such as uh, bronchoscopy bronchial artery embolization or surgery whichever was earlier so if the any any of these happened so we stopped giving tranexamic acid to these patients so regarding the amount of uh, expectorated blood monitoring so uh, the amount of hemoptysis was monitored for almost 24 hours and the amount was charted at 30 minutes 6 12 and 24 hours antiplatelet and anticoagulant medications were stopped until bleeding cessation so if any patient was on these medications we had to temporarily stop them because the patient was bleeding but any treatment decisions were taken by the treating team and we ensured that there was no deviation from the treatment protocol at any point of time so patients who were requiring intervention on ed basis were admitted and underwent bronchoscopy bae or surgery as per the decision of the treating team and the remainder of the patients were observed for at least 24 hours and after stabilization were discharged to follow up on an outpatient basis patients were followed up for 72 hours to note for any interventional procedures adverse events or rebleed and the most the adverse events we were mostly looking for were bronchospasm thromboembolism or anaphylaxis up to 72 hours so we were mainly focusing on these three uh, uh, adverse events so although this was not an exhaustive list so coming back to your question as to why the amount of hemoptysis was monitored for 24 hours only and charted at 30 minutes 6 12 and 24 hours so uh, alice as you know this was an ed based study and yeah. we are a, a high volume resource limited ed and we felt it was difficult to ensure study compliance if we stretched beyond 24 hours so uh you as you are aware there are limited studies on this topic and ours was a pilot study only so we kept the time frame for monitoring patients short that is 30 minutes 6 and 24 hours and the other thoughts in our mind were that if the nebulized route was totally ineffective or say the patient continued to throw significant blood in sputum we could intervene early yeah you so would see right away why, yeah. yes yes so that's why we chose these time frames but to a surprise the nebulized route was working well and yeah. patient compliance was also good so we were very happy with our uh, the uh, wonder the uh, nebulized route of tranexamic acid was doing to our patients you mentioned something you mentioned something um about stand um uh follow up uh, as an outpatient after interventions is that is that common practice also um for for your team to if a patient needs bronchoscopic intervention that they go to follow up as an outpatient in in like x amount of days yes if suppose we are stabilizing the patient and discharging the patient from emergency department and uh if the pulmonary medicine team feels that such and such patients may need further work of further intervention or if the patient themselves 
start reporting symptoms again, but not to an extent uh, requiring emergency visits. So the patients, they are free to follow up on an OPD basis, uh, provided they are stable. That's that's awesome. We usually we usually end up um, keeping patients. Um, I think I think your way of planning follow up is is very efficient and probably super safe. Uh, going going to results of your of your um, study now. Did you personally had um, hypothesis before you started your your trial? Did you think Did you think one of the one of the um, ways of administering TXA was going to be better than the other? Uh, Alice, to be frank, <laughs> no. We were not very sure. So we just wanted to try out things to help our patients. So the burden of these patients is huge. And blood is in cough is a distress, distressing symptom for any patient. And we just wanted to relieve their anxiety and stress by reducing the symptoms anyhow. Yeah, I love so, it. When we saw it stop bleeding in the first few patients on whom we tried, and uh, the side effects were almost nil. We didn't notice any significant side effects, uh, although tranexamic acid itself is a very safe drug, even by the intravenous route. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and some of these patients, they are already on oral or IV tranexamic acid, and the response was not up to the mark. So then we realized this could be a new way to treat patients and this novel method could help our patients with their distressing symptom. And uh, if they are stable, they can easily walk and get their walk-ups done from the OPD. Yeah. And even the burden on the emergency department would be less. And so definitely it's easier for a stable patient to get himself or herself uh, worked up compared to visiting an emergency at any point of time during 24-hour period. So, uh, so tell us, so tell us about the the findings that you you and your team um, have in your after your trial. Tell us about so, the results. Uh, uh, coming to the results of our study, so we enrolled uh, around 110 patients. And they were randomized equally to the nebulization arm and the IV arm in the study. So there were around 55 patients in each arm. If we discuss the demographics, the mean age was around 42 years and 70% of patients were men. So uh, the male ratio was slightly on the higher side. The median duration of hemoptysis was around three and a half days. The majority of our patients had minor hemoptysis only. And as I discussed earlier, we excluded significant or life-threatening bleeders in the beginning itself. So they were in the exclusion criteria. Approximate median amount of hemoptysis in the last 24 hours in our patients presenting to the ED was around 100 ml. So in 67% uh, of these patients, Hemoptysis was also associated with cuff. And the most common etiology we came across was tuberculosis. So some of them were already diagnosed cases of tuberculosis. Some had chest X-ray findings suggestive of tuberculosis. And in most of these patients, almost around 76%, the working diagnosis 
and the etiology behind hemoptysis was thought to be tuberculosis. Uh, two patients in the IV arm and one patient in the nebulization arm were taking warfarin and two patients in both the arms were also taking aspirin. So if we compare the baseline characteristics between the two group of patients, there were no statistical differences between uh, in the baseline characteristics between the two groups. So if we come to the uh, results proper, what was the effect of TA on uh, blood in sputum? So hemoptysis suggestion at 30 minutes which was our primary objective following TA administration. It was observed in almost 72% of patients in the nebulization arm and 50% of patients in the IV arm. And the results were clinically significant. If you compare the median amount of hemoptysis at uh, 6 hours, 12 hours, and 24 hours in the nebulization versus the IV arm, it was around 5 and 20, 10 and 40, and 10 and 80 ml respectively. So looking at the results, the reduction in the amount of expectorated blood was significantly higher in the nebulization arm compared with the IV arm at all time periods of observation. Two patients in each arm underwent bronchoscopy and CT bronchial angiography was performed in around 50% of patients in the nebulization arm, but 66% patients in the IV arm. Uh, no uh, surgical procedures were performed in either of the groups till their ED stay. And the important thing was that no major adverse effects of TA were noted in any patient in either of the arms. So two patients, one of whom had chronic obstructive airway disease, had uh, asymptomatic bronchospasm that resolved following beta agonist nebulization. I think this patient was there in the nebulization arm. And uh, finally, a significant number of patients in the IV arm required admission for the management of hemoptysis compared with the nebulization arm. Because BAE was, the practice is usually it is performed following admission. So the admission rate in the IV arm was significantly high as compared to the nebulized arm. Uh, around 68% patients in the nebulization arm and 39% patients in the IV arm were discharged from the emergency department itself. And then they followed up on an outpatient basis. No patient discharged from the ED underwent any interventional procedure or revisited the ED with re-bleed during the 72-hour follow-up period. So as I told you in the beginning of the discussion, so since we are a high volume and uh, emergency department and the load of patients is huge, so that's why we were not able to continue beyond 72 hours uh, period for following up our patients. Yeah, but that's but that's amazing because um um just to make sure that that I understood everything and to close the loop here in our communication. So uh the inhaled uh, uh TXA 
better starting at six hours in the sense of like less blood in the sputum of patients with hemoptysis, very little side effects on both arms, but the IV arm did need, uh, two patients needed extra bronchoscopic intervention compared to the inhaled one. Very little side effects and patients were able to be followed up as outpatient. So this is amazing. Yes, I think uh, uh, nebulized uh, tranexamic acid, it was doing wonders in our patients yeah. during the study period. So definitely, yes. It's amazing. And and have you, have you noticed or have you collected or have you heard from patients if they had any problems with receiving the nebulized TXA? I know that was not one of your were your goals uh, of the study, but just wondering if you heard patients saying something about the inhaled TXA in terms of comfort uh, and things like that? Uh, nothing like that, Alice. As I said, most of the patients were stable patients. Yeah. And uh, uh, um, they, had, uh, they were not in any form of distress related to airway. And uh, it was easy to, easy to teach them regarding nebulization. And uh, definitely we didn't encounter any such problems uh, regarding uh, the nebulized route. The patients were very compliant mm -hmm. and um, even they didn't report any uh, uh, subjective side effects when the nebulization was going on. So to say no, they were, uh, the compliance was good and uh, the patients were comfortable with the nebulized route of, medic of the medicine. Extra points to inhale TXA then. <laughs> and uh, tell me um, how the findings of your study have changed uh, your team's practice um, and how, what you're gonna, you guys are going to do moving forward. So, uh, Alice, uh, to our knowledge, this was uh, the uh, first RCT of its kind to compare IV and nebulize tranexamic acid in hemoptysis. There were studies which had uh, seen the effectiveness of nebulized TA versus placebo for hemoptysis treatment. Uh, few studies had a sample size of somewhere around 47, and they had also found a uh, reduction in the amount of hemoptysis in their patients and fewer patients requiring invasive procedures. So though our study had few limitations, yet we can imply from the study that nebulized TA is effective in the management of hemoptysis of any etiology in the, in the emergency department. Although most of our patients had pulmonary tuberculosis or ABPA as their working diagnosis, but we feel that irrespective of the etiology, nebulized tranexamic acid is going to help our patients. So definitely, uh, this is a practice training study. And uh, I would like, I'm very happy to inform you that now we are giving nebulized tranexamic acid for many of our patients. And sometimes uh, we are... Uh, uh, adding the nebulized route with the IV route for some severe cases so as we could avoid intubation because few studies have earlier shown, I think there were some case reports where intubation could be averted by using the nebulized yeah. route. So, uh, but here we are clubbing it with the IV route only. 
and we have been able to reduce uh, ED procedures such as BAE in many of our patients and even after study completion we can see objectively so patients are happy with decreased blood loss and usually they are stable uh, uh, within a few hours of ED stay and they are happy to walk home so definitely this is a, a pra- this was a practice changing study and even after the completion of the trial we are the response from our patients is very good and now we are uh, we have made it a practice to give nebulized tranexamic acid because we are not encountering any side effects uh, in our patients so definitely this has affected our clinical practice that's amazing and uh, what is next um in terms of studying txa for your group do you, do you all have more studies coming on the pipeline more ideas what is next so elis uh, after a huge support from the chess team so we are very delighted in moving ahead with tranexamic acid in the nebulized form and as i said definitely this is a this was a practice changing study for a developing country like india at at uh, and at an apex center so uh because a uh, nebulized route is relatively safe and uh, the effects are significant so we are planning to move ahead with uh, a larger study uh, since this was only a pilot study with a sample size of around 110 so we are planning a larger study where we can do further refinements so refinements in the form of say this was a non blinded study because uh, uh it was we felt that it was difficult to do blinding for the patient or the physicians but definitely we can use some other methods such as say using uh, saline uh, nebulizers or using uh, intravenous saline uh, in either of the arms as placebo and then we can go ahead with blinding so that would add to the strength of a study second most of the patients in our uh, study were related to tuberculosis but maybe in the future we can plan a study where we can look at the disease specific effect of tranexamic acid so depending on the etiology does tranexamic acid in a nebulized form behave same uh, in all subset of patients and third uh, i would also uh, uh, like to uh, say that uh, uh, we could uh, uh, capture more uh, procedures and maybe we can follow our patients uh, on a for a longer duration to look for any complications if at all Uh, in uh, uh, who in patients who are on tranexamic acid so definitely uh, a larger study is required since this was only a pilot study but the effects have been uh, awesome in our study and definitely this is yeah. a practice changing study absolutely practice changing and i love all the ideas that you have um coming up and Looking forward to talk to you more about your next studies published on the Chess Journal. 
Is there any, <laughs> is there any parting uh, thoughts that you want to leave with our listeners or any key points that you want people to take away from your paper and our conversation? So uh, for our listeners, uh, I would just like to say that go ahead with tranexamic acid in a nebulized form. It is a safe drug. And it's a relatively non-invasive way of delivering drugs to your patients, especially in developed countries in pre-hospital settings, or if you don't have the required expertise, uh, nebulized tranexamic acid can be started early and in, in the initial few golden minutes of symptom onset because most of the patients start panicking when they see blood in cough blood in sputum. So nebulized tranexamic acid will do wonders. We should not be bothered about the side effects. And it's a it's a cheap way of delivering uh, drugs to our patient. So it's cost effective also and has many associated benefits. I think nebulized tranexamic acid it should be a it should be a, a, a practice of care I think at most of the hospitals now, there is enough evidence on this. Even uh, I would suggest, uh, I would recommend our listeners to plan few studies on uh, uh, on similar topics, especially, for example, we are uh, providing our patients with nebulizers in patients with bronchial asthma. They are using nebulizers with beta-2 agonists at home, and most of them can manage their symptoms at home. So oh. similarly, in some refractory cases, if they start using nebulizers at home with tranexamic acid, and if they could control their symptoms, or maybe the symptoms are better till they reach the hospital, definitely this will boost our patients. This will uh, this will help to allay their anxiety and distress definitely yeah that's a fantastic thought for for developing countries like india like brazil where we have a high high um, prevalence and incidence of tuberculosis too i love that idea definitely alice even in some other conditions like malignancy yeah uh, uh, some other cause of uh, hemoptysis there there are studies which have shown I think many of them have been published in your journal, which have shown that, yes, tranexamic acid helps these subgroups also. So I think we, we should plan and we should go ahead with it. I love it. Dr. Mishra, I want to thank you so much for joining me today uh, from New Delhi. So thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me and the Chess Journal uh, podcast listeners. And uh, for our listeners, I just had an awesome conversation with Dr. Prakash Mishra about his paper on nebulized versus IV TXA acid for um, hemoptysis. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for joining us, Dr. Mishra. Thanks, Alice. Thanks a lot.